Okay, Baruch HaMabam, welcome everyone. We continue in our Shiram on Sefer Shemais. This week, we're learning Parshas Boy. The sponsors for tonight's Shir, we want to thank, once again, Dr. Zakheim Umeshpachta for sponsoring the Shiram on Sefer Shemais. Le'iloi Nishmas, Reb Shleima, Eliezer, Ben Reb Yaakov Zakheim. And... Le'iloi Nishmas Rivka Bas Tuvia Halevi. Their Nisham Sham Naliyah be Melitza Yisham for their whole family. For Simcha Sanachas, Ad Bias Goyal Tzedek. This month we have a sponsor for the learning of Chayda Shvat, sponsored by the Israeli family, Le'iloi Nishmas Meir Ben David, Began Eden Temenu Chasai, Shvil Meir Yosef for his whole family, Ad Bias Goyal Tzedek. Tonight's Shir is sponsored by our dear friend in Eretz Yisrael, Yaakov Mizrahi. Yaakov Mizrahi. Tonight's show is also sponsored by my good friend, Joey Baghdadi, from HTTP, dehackgoods.com. I don't know if I was supposed to read that part. Le'iloi Nishmas, Yehuda ben Margalit, for this whole family, for Simcha Sanachas, Besurot Tovot, Ad Biyad Goel Tzadak. Tonight's show is also sponsored by my good friend, Dr. Philip Ratzlavsky, in honor of the Torah HaKadosha. And tonight's show is also sponsored by my good friends Yitzi and Dalia Stern, L'Zecher Nishmas, Reb Moshe Ben Eliyahu, Alter Halevi, whose yard site is on Heishvat, as well as the Svasemes, Yehuda Aryele Ben Avram Mardcha. Okay, Marv Rabbi, we have an amazing topic this evening. First of all, um, if you don't have yet your Sefer on Shemais, we'll test you after the share whether you have it or not, and if you got it for all of your friends, that will be the second part of the share. And also, you know that Tu B'Shvat is coming, so you have to get your light and the splendor to prepare for Tu B'Shvat. Okay, we have a fantastic subject tonight. Rashi brings the Pesukim in Yechezkel that describe the state of the Jewish people at the time of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And we say these psukim in the Haggadah, where the Rebbein Shalom says, I passed over you. And I saw you were wallowing in your blood. And I said to you, You shall live in your blood. I said to you, You should live in your blood. From these psukim, that God saw that the Jewish people were naked and bare from many mitzvahs. And he had to provide us with mitzvahs in order to give us uh, requisite merit to be redeemed. In other words, these were the only mitzvahs we had. If you look uh, at the coming psukim, V'atavoyi v'adi adoyim, shadayim nachoynu, sarech tzimeach, v'ad eiroim v'eria, you were naked and bare. Chazal darshan, we were arum Area of min and the only mitzvahs we had to our credit were dam mila and dam pesach. So you can imagine if we had no mitzvahs, and Hashem had to give us mitzvahs, that means we were we weren't doing too good. We were empty. You know, the tank was on empty. If we would have been a, ga- a car, then it would have the the uh, line would have been past empty because empty means you have only two hundred miles to go, right? At least okay, but. Full means that you could drive from here to Wyoming. Half tank means you could get to uh, Ohio. 
quart of a tank means you could get, I don't know, you could get to uh, the belt. Empty means, you know, nothing's going to happen. But we were mamish on empty. And Hashem had to provide us with mitzvahs. This seems to indicate that we were on a very low level as the Yavon was redeeming us from Egypt. Furthermore, we have a tradition from the Arizal that is cited in the Beis Halevi in this week's Parsha. If you look at number three, the Beis Halevi says, Huva b'shem Kadosh Hashem Ha'ari. It's brought in the name of the Holy One of God, the Ari. Dim hayu shoyin b'mitzrayim. Had we remained in Egypt for a moment longer, hayu nechnasim b'sharach hamishim shel tumah. We would have entered the 50th realm, the 50th gate of tumah, the loy hayu negalim lo'elim. We would never have been redeemed. In other words, the Arizal reveals we were on the brink. We were about to reach what is called the point of no return. Had we remained in Egypt... A moment longer, we would have reached the realm of no return. First, I just want to take a break to say anybody who came to the shir tonight in the rain, you get tremendous schar ba'olam haba for every pesiyah, for schar halicha, for a night like this. So ashrechem. But the Arizal says that had we remained in Egypt a moment longer, we would have reached the 50th level of Tumah, the point of no return. Now that's very low. I mean, now we're talking about having so little gas in the tank that if we would drive one more mile, the car is totaled. So again, all of this indicates we're on a very low level. As the Rambam says it, the Rambam says that Avram Avinu, he probed the universe and the workings of the universe and he recognized there's one God and he implanted into the consciousness of the Jewish people the conscience of the Jewish people, the Rambam says, Shosal Avraham, the Klal Yisrael, a very great planting. However, we went down to Egypt and we were influenced by the idolatrous ways of the Mitzrayim. And we were so immersed in Avodah Zarah, the Rambam says, had we remained there even a little bit more, Kemat Kot, the Rambam writes in Hilchas Avodah Zarah, Parak Aleph, had we remained there moments longer, the planting that Avram ingrained within us would have been totally uprooted. In other words, there's something Avraham programmed in the spiritual DNA of the Jewish people. He programmed in us that we're maminim b'nei maminim. But the emuna waned so much, it got so weak that had remained in Egypt a moment longer, then we would have been cut off from Avraham forever. So this all indicates that the, the nation that left Egypt was on a very, very low level. We were naked and bare of mitzvahs. God had to gift us with mitzvahs. We were about to reach the Sharnun. This is the meaning of the Pasuk. Veloy yachlu We could not delay. We had to get out of there immediately. However, there's a great mevucha. You know what mevucha is? A great amaze, a confusion. Because there are many statements of our sages, of Chazal, that indicate that the Jewish people were on a very high level before we left Mitzrayim. For example, Tanadvel Yo brings the conversation that Elio Anavi said, one time I was going from place to place and I found an elder and he said to me, are our generations better than the generations that left Egypt? Look with your own eyes, hear with your own ears. The generation of Moshe all they had was Torah. In our generations, we have Torah, we have Nevi'im, 
we have Ksuvim, we have Pilpul. However, the Tanadel Yo says, but we're not as righteous as the generation that left Egypt, which indicates that the generation that left Egypt was in fact very righteous. And in the Sefer, Hagodas Siach Yitzchak, the Siach Yitzchak was written by Rabbi Yitzchak Meltzin, who is the author of the Perush printed in the Siddur Hagra. He brings that there are many statements of Chazal that indicate that the Jewish people when they left Egypt were on a very, very high level. Chazal say that the generation that left Mitzrayim, that uh, they were worthy of great miracles happening to them. And listen to this Zayar. The Zayar says, wondrously, the Zayar says, listen to this, the number six on the sixth line, there will be no generation as great as the generation that left Egypt until the Mashiach comes. And they all were Zaychatinavua because they were purified in Egypt. And there was never anyone like that generation. And Rasa Shufchalayam, Yechesko Ben Buzi. So on the one hand, we were Eirah in the area. We were about to go to the Sharnun. We were about to the fall, uh, to the point of no return. And on the other hand, there was never a generation in the history of the world like the generation that left Egypt. So what were they? Were they good or were they bad? Were they high or were they low? How do you reconcile this? And Rabbi Yitzchak Melitzin offers a very interesting answer. And I can't say I, I understand it, but I'll tell you the words that he says. He says, the Mikubalim tell us in the pre Eitz Chaim, in the Eitz Pre, that a person has two dimensions. A person has exterior and interior. For example, Yeravam Benavat. On the outside, he was a good guy. He gave Shlomo HaMelech Musar. So, and he was Zoichet to be a Melech because of that. But his inside was rotten. And therefore, he does not have a good ending. There's some people, on the outside, they're very, very wicked, but on the inside, they're very holy. And there's some people that, on the outside, are very holy, and on the inside, they're rotten. So therefore, now I don't exactly know what this means. Who are these people who are very holy on... I know people who are very holy on the outside that are not very holy on the inside. But who exactly are the people who are very holy on the inside and on the outside. I mean, if they're doing Averis, then how holy are they exactly? But apparently there's a concept that there are, there's a dual reality to a person. And therefore, the generation that left Mitzrayim, they were very, very rotten on the outside. They did Averis and they served idols. But on the inside, they were very holy. So on the inside, there was never a generation like them. On the inside, but on the outside, they were naked and bare of mitzvahs, and they were about to fall to the 50th level of Tamar. Okay? That's the approach of Rabbi Yitzchak Meltzen. But I would like to uh, offer you this evening a different approach to this question of how to reconcile the various statements in the Chazal. Were the Jewish people on a low level when they were about to leave Egypt, or were they on a high level? In Parshish Kisavai, which is the parish that we read when we bring the Bikurim, and it's incorporated in the Haggadah Shal Pesach, we say, 
Vayoitzienu Hashem mimitzrayim biyar chazaka v'zrayan etuyah uvmayra gadayal uvaisais uvmayfsim. We say God took us out of Egypt with a strong hand. Strong hand, we know. Great miracles. With an outstretched arm. We know an outstretched arm. Relentless miracle after miracle. But uvemoira gadol with great fear. What does it mean with great fear? It says the Haggadah. Ze giloi shechina. God revealed His divine presence. When? When did that happen? When did God reveal His divine presence? He brought makos. He brought plagues. But when did He reveal His divine presence? And the Haggadah quotes a pasuk. Oy, Hanisa Eloikim, did God ever venture, Lavoy to come, Lakachas Loigoymi Karavgoy, to take out one nation from another, Bemasois, with tests, Beoisois, Vemaisim, with signs and wonders, Uvemilchaman, with war, Uviyad Chazaka, Uvizrayanetuya, Uvemayraim Gedoilim. So here the Pasik says that God took us out with Mayraim Gedoilim, with great revelation. What revelation was there in Egypt? We know at Sinai there was revelation. By the Yam, Zekeli Vavil, there's revelation. But there's no revelation. What revelation? Let's examine this Pasuk that the Haggadah quotes to demonstrate that there was great revelation in Egypt. The Pasuk says, Ay Hanisa Eloikim. Did God ever venture? Lava to come. That's the Tlisha Gedoyla. La Kachas Loigai. To take one nation out of another. Bemasois with tests. But Oyes has Muslim signs and wonders. And Mucham with war. Via Chazag was in a Tuvimayra im Gedoyla. How do we see from this Pasuk that there was great revelation in Egypt? You ready for this? In Bereshis Rabbah. It's brought that when the Pasuk says, Oi Hanisa Loikim Lavoi, that from the words, La Kachas Loigai until Mayram Gedoilim, there's 72 letters. Did God ever venture to come to do what? 72 letters. God revealed Himself in His full glory, 72 letters. I was Zoichet this morning to get a call from Hagoin, from Pinchas Friedman, the Shvile Pinchas. And I was asking him about what's new with the 72 names of Hashem because he always has great chedushim with that. I, I always uh, enjoy that. One time he told me he was going to write a sefer about that. So I was asking him where that's holding. So he told me some chedushim about the 70th name of Hashem, which is Yud Beiz Mem, Yavam. And it's connected to... Hashem Be'eloine Mamre. Okay, it's connected to Brismila and to Parnasa. Anyway, God has 72 different names. They were they are created by three consecutive psukim and parshas b'shalach right before Kriyas Yamsuf, where you take the first letter of the first, the last of the second, the first of the third. That makes one name. That makes the name um, Vahoy. And then Ani is the 37th name of Hashem. Okay. And this pasuk, from which the Baal HaGadah Darshans, that there was great revelation in Mitzrayim, is Merameh, alludes to this revelation by placing 72 different letters in indicating that God revealed Himself in Mitzrayim. By the way, where else do we find that Hashem revealed Himself in Mitzrayim? We say in the Pisgah, in the Haggadah, this matzah that we eat, why? Because we didn't have a chance to let our bread rise 
Ad shenigla alehem melech malche hamlochim hak. So again, we see that the bread didn't have a chance to rise until the Almighty revealed Himself to the Jewish people. So now we're learning an astounding fact. Until now, we knew God revealed Himself to the Jewish people at Har Sinai. We knew Hashem revealed Himself to the Jewish people on the Yam. Now we're learning there was great, raw, divine revelation in Egypt, just as we were about to leave. Comes the Leshem. Now, I like to say that if you came down to this world just to hear this, it was worth the trip, okay? It was worth the trip. It's a big trip to come down from under the Kisei HaKavayit, from Olam Hatzilas, to Olam Asiyah, Olam, excuse me, Habriya, Yitzira, Asiya. It's a long trip. It's not a pleasant trip. Nobody wants to be here. Bal But it was Kedai to come for the Neshama to hear this. Reb Shloima El Yashiv, grandfather of Reb Yosef Shalom El Yashiv, is considered one of the all-time great experts in the Kabbalah of the Arizal, as interpreted by the Vilna Gaon, the Baal HaLashem. He wrote the Svarim, Leshem Shavoy V'yachlama. And he says, you know that tradition that you've been hearing since you're a kid, that the Jewish people were in Egypt, and we got out just in you know split-second timing, but if we would have remained there a second longer, we would have fallen to the point of no return. Says Reb Shloyma El Yashiv, I don't understand what it's talking about. It's nonsense. It cannot be, he says. Why not? But everybody says that. He says it's impossible. Once God began to bombard the Egyptians with makos, the koichos hatuma began to diminish and they began to become mitigated and all the forces of Tuma were silenced. That's the symbolism of Ulechol B'nei Yisrael lo yecharatz kelev l'shoinai. The dogs weren't barking. Of what significance was the dogs weren't barking? Who cares that the dogs weren't barking? The answer is the fact that the dogs weren't barking that indicated that the koichos hatuma were being silenced. They were being quieted. And God did justice against their gods. By the way, do you remember, I want to tell you Chiddush in this week's parsha. I'm going to spill the beans because anyone who came tonight, Amamish Sadiqim Gemurim, you know, Rashi says that before, um, what was the first Makkah? Dam. Why? Because the Nile is the god of the Egyptians. So before God strikes the people, he strikes down their god. That's how Hashem operates. Hashem said, Rashi says, God always hits the god before he hits the people. You ready for this? So what's the god in America? Who's the God in America? It's a secular country. The answer is, there are many, many sources. Money is Avodah Right? Well, what's the idolatry today? The worship of money. And even in our world, we're not free of it, right? Who are the, who are the people that everyone looks up to? The Ashirim. You don't have money, nobody cares what you have to say. Only have... Even if, you, if, even if you actually know some Torah, nobody cares what you have to say. All of a sudden, you have a few bucks. What do you hold, right? So it's the worship. It's the, it's the, it's the serving of money. Many, many svarim, right? The worship of money. is about, So that's what we see in America. The first thing that God, the first makkah is the economy. The same way in Mitzrayim. <laughs> the first makkah is dam. The God is the Nile. So in America, the first makkah is the economy. That just hit me this week. You like it, you like it, you don't like it. It's not, you can still like this year even if you don't like that. But um, 
the, the Baal HaLashem says that once the Makos began, does anybody know how long the Makos lasted for? It's a 12-month process. The Mishnah and Idyos says that Mishpat Shal Mitzrayim is Yerbeis Chodesh. And especially Rav Levi, based on the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Daf Aleph, that the, um, the Shibud Mamish stopped on Rosh Hashanah. And especially when Rosh Chodesh Nisan came, the recognition of the Yad Hashem became so apparent that the forces of evil were completely nullified. So you can't say, Klal Yisrael, we're going down, 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 down until the Shar Mem Tes, and they're about to get to the Shar Nun. Just the opposite. A year already, after Makkah, after Makkah, and if the Khartoumans said, Etzbaalaikim, then Klal Yisrael must have said, Zakeli. So, says the Baal Hashem, Chas v'shalem to say the Jews were on a very low level. Certainly not once the Makkah started, because the Kachazatim were being diminished, and the Kedusha was being intensified. In fact, on the night of the first night of Pesach, all the forces of Tumah were jailed. They were tied up. They were about to become nullified completely, and you're going to say the Jewish people are about to fall to the 50th level of Tumah. Heaven forbid, maybe, maybe you could say they were going to fall to the 50th level of Tumah a minute before, a year before the, a year before Yitzhak Mitzrayim, meaning a minute before the Makkah started, you could say the Jews were about to fall to the Sharnun. But a minute before we left, we were going to fall to the Sharnun, just the opposite, a minute before we left, we were on a extremely elevated level. Now, says the Baal HaLashem, and we're going to digress for a moment, and Bechlal, you should know, this 50th level of Tumah, it might not exist. I'm in paragraph number in number 12, second paragraph. Gam Be'ikra Advarim. Now, true, the Ramak, Ramosha Cordovero writes in the Pardes Rimoinim, there's a 50th level of Tumah. The Gra in Mishlei writes explicitly, there is no 50th level of Tumah. It does not exist. The Gra writes on the Pasuk, if you look in number 14, on the Pasuk number 13, called Payal Hashem Lamaneo, God created everything for sake. Vigam Rasha Ra. Vigam is Gematria 49. The Gra says that there are 49, there are 50 gates of Bina. The 50th gate of understanding will not be revealed until Mashiach comes. But the Sitra Achra, the forces of Tumah, only have 49 Shari Tumah. There is no 50th. And when the 49 levels are, are done, that's the point of no return. The point of no return is 49, not 50. There's no such thing as 50, says the Gra. Vigam. Vigam is 49. Gematria 49. So says the Baal HaLashem, even though Ramak says there are 50 levels of Tumah, Goin, the Gra, the Vilna Goin says there are only 49 levels of Tumah. And when it, when it says that Klaisa would have fallen to the last level of Tumah, it would have to, according to the Goin, mean the 49th. Says the Leshem, who am I to stick my neck in between these great lions, Ramak and Vilna Goin? But he says, in my humble opinion, there is no question the Gra is correct. There is no Shar Chamishim. That is the more definitive view. It's Memtes Panim Tahar, Memtes Panim Tameh. The Sharnun is what we call Ein Saif. 
And there is no corresponding 50th level in Tuma. There's 50th level Kedusha. There ain't, you know the famous song, there ain't no 50 levels of Tuma. It's an old hit. Ain't no 50 levels of Tuma. Just joking. But there aren't 50 levels of Tuma, according to the Gain. Now, that's, so that's a different uh, machlekes and a different topic. But whether you want to say like the Gra, they're 49, or you want to say like the Ramak, they're 50, you cannot say that right before we left Mitzrayim, we would have fallen to the last level of Tumah, just the opposite on the first night of Pesach. There was no Tumah at all! The Tumah had vanished, and it was vanquished, it was subdued. Says the Leshem, you know what the Arizal means, that had we not left Mitzrayim in time, we would have gone to the point of no return. You ready for this? Fasten your seatbelts. It doesn't mean we would have fallen to the point of no return. It means we would have been elevated to the 50th level of Kedusha that our Bechira would have been nullified. There would be no free choice and there would be no point in the world existing because there would have been so much raw, clear revelation of God. So Hashem had to get us out just in time. Otherwise, all Tuma would have died completely. That's what Mitzrayim means. Kulanu Mesim, we're all going to die. Tuma's going to die. It's going to be Elisa Mashiach. Guys, I'm not ready to bring Mashiach. So it doesn't mean we would have fallen to the point of no return. It means we would have been elevated to the point of no return. That's the Chiddush of the Baal HaLashem. Rabbi Shalom El Yashiv. And therefore we had to leave Bechi Pazayin. Otherwise, evil would have no Ability to take any stronghold, any foothold in existence. And now, says the Baal we know from the Arizal that on the first night of Pesach, the way the operation of the world was so powerful, where normally you need to progress like from level to level, you have to go on a ladder from level 1 to level 2, level 3, level 4. But the night of Pesach, it was such giloy shechina. There was such moira gadol. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed himself, we like shot up like a, like a cannon all the way up to the highest levels of Kedusha. Hashem said, okay, get out of here, quick. If you stay in the Kedusha anymore, it's going to be the end of the world. And why did Hashem do this? Says the Baal HaLashem, to show Klal Yisrael how much He loves them, how much He treasures them, how much Olam Haba is in store for them. And in order to inspire them to makabal the Torah and to listen to all the mitzvahs of the Torah. And this is what it means. I lifted you up on the ear, on the wings of eagles and I brought you to me. You ever wonder what in the world does it mean? We flew on eagles? Yeah, what do you think happened? We were sitting there in Ramses in the desert in the sand and you know, we were like trying to get the sand out from between the feet and all of a sudden eagles came. And... Uh, one guy went on that eagle, and another guy went on another eagle. They stood, they put on the seatbelt. The the flight attendant said, "You know, um, I, I just was in Toronto. You want to hear the chachma they came up with? They said on the plane that if you need oxygen on the plane, you should first take off your COVID masks before you put on the oxygen." Yeah, shakayach, shakayach. No. You know, you never know. Maybe you have to keep the masks on even when you put... But well, you think there was a flight attendant and he was giving you what to do with the flotation device on the eagle? There were no eagles, says the Baal HaLashem. It means God elevated us on the wings of eagles. He 
through the revelation of the Shekhinah, He brought us to Him, so that we should listen to His voice. Chas v'shalom, that we would have fallen to the point of no return. No, we would have been elevated to the point of no return. By the way, Ramchal says something similar with a little bit of a twist. Ramchal says that by Makas Bechayrois, God jumped from door to door. Why did he jump from door to door? And then he said to Klaisa, you got to get out of here quickly. He says, the Rebunisham, when he came down to Mitzrayim, every door he visited, he couldn't stay long. There was too much idolatry in Mitzrayim for, for Hashem to spend too much time by any one location. It was uncomfortable for the Shechina to dwell there for any duration of time. So he stayed by each door shortly. What does it mean he jumped over the door? Merely by visiting the door, it created enough remnant of Kedusha that now the Mashas was like, okay, I'm staying away from this door. The Mashas didn't want to go anywhere near where the Shechina left a, a impression of Kedusha. But God could not stay in one location at a time long enough because of the Tumah there. And the Ramchal writes that yes, this was certainly a evidence of uh, Giloy Shechina. He says uh, the reason why we had to leave the Chipazain is um, the Shechina itself was not comfortable remaining in any place for for a long period of time. But La'asid Lavai. The Pasuk says in the Navi, Kiloi Bechi Pazain Teitseyu, the Pasuk says in Yeshaya, that the Kedusha will be able to remain in one place uh, for long enough, and then in fact, the Tumah will be completely abolished. You see in Mitzrayim, because the Kedusha could not stay in one spot for enough time, it couldn't generate that final level of Kedusha to completely obliterate the Kachos HaTumah. But the Kedusha will remain stationary long enough to completely blow the Tumah out of the waters. But the bottom line is, Marv Rabbi that there was a great event that took place in Mitzrayim. And things are not the way we, we think of them. It's not that we were falling down, 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 and God got us out just in the record time so we didn't fall to the point of no return. That may have been in terms of when the Makos began. But once the Makos began and the forces of Tumor were being diminished, Klal at first began to slowly be elevated. But then on the night of Yitzhiyus Mitzrayim, that Gilui Shechina, Moira Gadol, Shem Ayin Beis, was so powerful, it literally catapulted the Jewish people up to a level that God said, we cannot stay here one more second. Otherwise, Bechira Chavshis would be over. In fact, the Rebruvein Margolios, the great Goin, who wrote Margolios Hayam, he says, what exactly was this Giloy Shechina, the night of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? This he quotes uh, the Rav HaKadosh, the Erechayim of Zlotchov, in the Sefer Prichayim. He says that this revelation was nothing more than the Shar Nun, 
God revealed to Ka Yisrael the 50th level of Kedusha. This is the meaning of Vachamushim Alu B'nei Yisrael Me'eretz Mitzrayim. That Ka Yisrael went up from Mitzrayim through the power of the Sharnun that was revealed to them. However, this was not something we earned. It's not like we slowly, slowly worked our way up to earn the 50th level of Kedusha. It was a gift. Gift, easy come, easy go. It's not something we worked on. So as soon as we got there, and the, again, the reason why God gave it to us is to show how dear we are to Him, to inspire us to keep the Torah, but it was immediately taken away. And then for 49 days, we have to work through Svira Sa'imer each day of the 49 days to get back one of those madregos that we were handed on a silver platter and then was taken away from us until we're zoicha on the 50th day to get to that madrega on our own. Like the Kajna Samagid writes, that the Yimeha Svira are days of thirsting for Hashem. Sama nafshi leloikim lekeil chai. Kel is 31. Chai is 18. 49. Masai avoy va'ira p'nei lekim that we're looking for the 50th level on the Yom Tov of Shavuos. So Marvavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavav
once again begins to take the Jewish people one level out of, out, after another from the gateways of Tumah until the night of Pesach where you're now standing on the threshold of Kedusha where you can now enter the gates of Kedusha. So it seems like the Gilur Shechina and the divine revelation that we experienced in the times of Tzitzit and Sarim repeats itself annually. We relive it annually. The Chida says that's why because whatever we're going to read about in Parshas Bay that occurred in the times of the Exodus that wasn't a one-time occurrence. Every year annually as the Zman comes we relive that Zman and that's the reason why every year we begin learning Hochoi's Pesach 30 days before. But it seems like this Giloy Shechina, which again is a very big chidosh, is not, we're not accustomed to thinking that way. We're accustomed to thinking about the Giloy Shechina on Sinai, on the Yam, but there was a definitive Giloy Shechina, the night of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, which really catapulted Kal Yisrael, and that is something that is experienced annually. So I thank everybody for coming tonight. Bracha v'hafacha. That all the miracles and all the madregos that we read about in these parshiyos was really the maseyavoy simulabanim of what will happen to us um, in the coming attractions as a Sashem. Sheyavoy b'mher b'yamim. Thank you for coming. Right, because the yam, you know, the yam itself yam is, yeah. is, is a mikveh, it's 50. The mother of 50. So right. once you go to a mikveh, you go to a 400 uh, se'ah, right? 40 se'ah. 40 se'ah. 40 se'ah, yeah. Right, but it's a 400 uh, cube or something like that. There's something is it 400. 400? Yeah, there's some, yeah, there's 400 in, in, in the in the mikveh. 960 log. Log, which is 400 se'ah or something. And then it's really against that. Uh, yeah. Uh, the f- every, everything is evil, like you said, four hundred. So this is against this. It's really, you know, cl- clarifying exactly. So they had to go to the Yam Suf to get a mikveh in order to be purified. Mm-hmm. I mean, why go to the Yam Suf? Why, you know, what I mean, like you have to jump, you have to go. I mean, I go to the mikveh. My mikveh is the, is the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I go. I love it. You know. But but uh, you know by, by the way I just come from uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm not How kidding. Oh, I got stuck in on the Barzano Bridge over there. It was so windy. I almost flew with a car to to the, Into the to the river. Into the Amsterdam. Yeah, they took you the older. Yeah, what? You would have been pure. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so it would send me the five dollars for tomorrow. <laughs> but but you know, Rabbi Rosenblum said, you know, why ten mamaot? Why I have to hit so hard ten mamaot? Because it says, uh, uh, you know, Hashem, when he, you know, made the world, I mean, Adam HaShem didn't know how Hashem did it. He just came from a perfect world. The trees there, the animals, everything was there. So in order to show to the world how the world was created, he had to go to Ten Ma'amarot. Wow. He had to show them. And, and what ha- actually happened, he destroyed Egypt like he destroyed them in Dora Mabul. So what happened now? Nobody's living in, in Egypt anymore. Paro left also. He make a tshuva. You know? So, and he became a Melech Ninve after that, right? He said that, that he make a tshuva. So basically, there's no Egypt anymore. So it's like the Mabul, you know, deleted the whole word, the Share Tumah. Hashem had to delete that, that word too. And how do you know that? Ibn Agadash Pesach, he tells you right away. 
הערים רק דו-קהלים, you know what it is? It's, it's an earthquake. You know, you ever saw 